to the roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, June 12th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Amanda Harris. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending June 6, 2023. In general economic news, the Federal Open Market Committee is set to meet tomorrow and Wednesday with all eyes on the Fed as to whether the U.S. economy will see yet another benchmark interest rate increase. Generally, economists and financiers expect the Fed to hold off on hikes for the first time in well over a year, but do expect one more 25 basis point increase sometime this year. In automotive news, May marked a bright spot for auto manufacturers as sales jumped amid increasing supply and incentive spending, marking the 10th consecutive month of year-over-year gains, but momentum could soon falter. Seasonally adjusted annualized rate clocked in at 15 million units, up 20% year-over-year, but down 7% from April, according to the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis. That's down from an industry consensus of 15.3 million units, according to a research note from J.P. Morgan. American Honda and Volvo cars were the big winners among the seven OEMs that reported monthly sales figures in May. Honda saw a 58% year-over-year jump to just shy of 120,000 units, and Volvo logged a 31% year-over-year increase to just over 60,000 units. Ford Motor Company sales, meanwhile, increased 11% year-over-year to about 171,000 units. Hyundai Motor America notched an 8% year-over-year increase to 64,000 units, while Kia Motors logged a 23% year-over-year increase to 71.5,000 units. Subaru tallied 28% year-over-year increase to 54.5,000 units, and Mazda North America saw a 117% year-over-year increase to 33,000 units. Still, dampening consumer confidence and high interest rates continue to put pressure on auto sales on a regional basis, even as the wider industry sales posted year-over-year gains, according to the Federal Reserve's Beige Book. Four Federal Reserve banks reported increase in vehicle sales in May, as three others reported falling sales. The Atlanta, New York, and Chicago Feds reported modest increases in sales, while Cleveland, Dallas, and the St. Louis Feds reported sales pressure. On the used vehicle side, Used vehicle values continued their downward slide in May as used car retail sales held steady sequentially but lagged last year's levels. The Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index dipped 2.7% month-over-month and fell 7.6% year-over-year to 224.5, in part due to seasonal adjustments, according to Cox Automotive. On a non-seasonally adjusted basis, the index decreased 1.7% month-over-month and 8.2% year-over-year. The decline marks the second sequential dip in used vehicle values this year following a 3% month-over-month decline in April. The rate of year-over-year price declines is expected to slow in the coming months since prices were low from May through November in 2022, according to Cox. Perhaps the biggest story last week was Citizens Financial's exit from indirect auto lending and the changes in the auto finance market that spurred it. Amanda Harris has the details. 
Yes. So obviously not super surprising because we had been reporting, you know, for about a year, um, at least four quarters of citizens pulling back on auto lending. Again, with interest rates just as high as they have been, banks really haven't been able to compete with, you know, some other financers who could offer more competitive rates. Captives, you know, still had a lot of share. Credit unions picked up a lot of share. And it really just came down to the fact that banks had to prioritize where they're putting, you know, their capital and putting it in assets that, you know, are higher returns. They are also prioritizing relationships that they have with consumers. So areas of their business that they have stronger relationships with in lending. Auto hasn't really been a huge relationship builder for banks. Again, that's, you know, through the indirect side, that's through their dealer partners. So they're just, you know, an option at the dealerships for consumers as far as financing goes. There's not really a strong connection there as it would be for other products that bring them into branches and things like that. So banks are really prioritizing that relationship side, especially as there's more scrutiny following, you know, the regional bank collapses back in March. There's more scrutiny of how banks are using their capital. So that's part of it as well as just the changes in the market. Um, the other kind of factors that banks are considering is just indirect lending in general is changing. There's electric vehicles. There's now a mix between EVs and regular ICE vehicles. And, you know, all that kind of brings a lot of unknowns into the market and banks aren't as plugged in because they're, you know, like I said, kind of more an option at the dealership, whereas captives are very plugged into everything happening, and even financial companies who do a lot of auto are very plugged in as well. So there's, you know, a couple different factors that are driving banks to kind of reconsider where they're putting their assets, and indirect auto just doesn't seem to be a high priority, at least for some of them. And we could see more banks do this same type of thing, either pull back further on auto lending or leave indirect auto lending in general. And it should be noted, citizens as well as some of the other ones, uh, mechanic banks, and KeyBank um, that pulled out of indirect lending as well. The banks don't have a direct auto um, arm. So this would be them exiting auto completely. So just to mention that, and they are going to continue servicing their existing loan portfolios until they run off. So there hasn't been any plans to sell those or anything. They're just gonna kind of stop originating new loans through dealerships. So for the dealership side, I mean, that could be, that could mean costs go up because they have fewer, options as far as you know who they're working with as far as banks and lenders in general but it really comes down to how much of that business was tied to you know citizens in this case or any bank that leaves those dealers just need to find another lender kind of fill that hole i don't really think it's a, a huge thing that will happen in the industry because i don't think that these books were very big to begin with so it's not going to be a huge shakeup or anything but it is worth noting and if more and more banks pull out then it could potentially have a larger, wider impact in the industry and drive costs up uh, for dealers for lending as well. So just kind of a wait and see what happens and who else kind of makes the same decision. Right. And if you look at all these banks that have, have pulled out, yes, they have a national footprint, um, but they do have regional bank mentality, right? And it's not surprising that, you know, given everything that's been happening with the regional banks and potential new reporting and capital requirements coming down from regulators that they're taking a hard look at their portfolio. Um, it was interesting. I was talking uh, with a source yesterday and, you know, he just offhand mentioned that um, auto finance has the smallest margins out of any finance um, product um, at banks, which 
explains, you know, when you have to put that capital to work and maximize your net interest margin, that, you know, auto would be the first on the chopping block. So, I, you know, I definitely agree with your sentiment that if anybody um, is going to pull back from auto, it would be the regionals. Um, I certainly, you know, and I don't think you were in, um, insinuating this by any means, but I certainly don't think we would see, you know, the the actual, the real nationals, you know, you know, right. pull out ever. Um, they might pump the brakes like they have been, but, you know, Wells Fargo, Chase Auto, Bank of America, they're not going anywhere. No, no, more the smaller regional banks who have a similar mindset to the ones that we've already seen pull out of indirect auto. The ones who, whose indirect auto business likely wasn't a huge part of what they do anyway, so. Right. Well, that about does it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap and be sure to follow us on LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.